the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. I am a still, I'm a broken man. Listen, I love Christ. Just because I may not make every decision as perfect, right? I use him as a, as a, as a platform. He's my, he's my guiding, he's my guiding light. He's the lamp to my feet, right? But I'm a human. I say things I shouldn't say sometimes. I do things I shouldn't do. That has, that has nothing, right? That has nothing. I mean, just ask my wife, right? Uh, but it has nothing to do with whether he's real or not. There's nothing to do. The two are un- the two, the two are unconnected. Right? We know examples are greatest teacher. I, I want to be a perfect example every time. But I'm not God. I'm, I'm Tom, and I'm broken, and I'm flawed. But but to but to connect the fact that there is no God, and religion is this or that, is crazy because He's real despite my actions. Great to have Tom Ryan, OSU wrestling coach, on the show on Friday. Um, very powerful. Um, Anybody that crosses that guy's sphere of influence, mm-hmm. a very, very, very fortunate person. He's overcome much, uh, but he's in our wheelhouse, Spiels, because you and I try to reach people on this podcast who have a desire to serve God better. Tom Ryan, uh, like you, like me, grew up uh, with uh, exposure to the church, but didn't really figure it out until he got um, a life event that cut him off the knees and forced him to go search for truth. So our friend Joe Dumas is watching live on Facebook. Joe Dumas! The greatest behind-the-back pass in the history of Ohio State basketball. Joe knows I'm going to shout him out for that pass oh, yeah. in Hawaii. He's the best inbounds passer Ohio State ever had. Joe in, Dumas. Uh, Joe's got to hook us up with some of his many sponsors. Well, I'll follow his Twitter. He's he's talking car washes and restaurants and all that. Man, well, he's a man of the people. Joe is a man of the people. and uh, It's interesting because Joe, and I don't think he'd mind me sharing this, today marks his 20. 20- 456, I believe, day of being silver. Great 2458. Job. 2458. And Great uh, job, I know Joe wouldn't mind me talking about this because he talks about it to a lot of people and he shares his his uh ongoing battle. And it's oh, those of us that not us, those of you, excuse me, that have struggled uh with alcoholism or drug issues or whatever it may be understand that it's a daily battle and joe's one that uh ever since he decided to quit uh drinking has texted me every single day is that right yeah every single day wow and for 2458 days joe has sent me a text that's awesome so congratulations joe and uh, and i have to have the faith talks with joe and and i think just because the Mistakes that I make or that you make or that Joe makes on a daily basis doesn't mean that God doesn't exist or God doesn't have an open arms for us and is willing to uh, forgive us and let's try again. And I think Joe's new purpose is that I'm so proud of him because he started kind of like a driving service. Oh, cool. And he talks to people. He talks to people on a daily basis, and he's not afraid to share his story. And when he shares his story, he finds, I believe, so many other people that have had the same battles or struggles that Mm -hmm. Joe has personally experienced, or they know somebody that's had those battles and struggles. And so uh, Joe is exactly where God wants him to be right now, and we've talked about that, and he's a— He's a wonderful human being. He's a friend of mine, and I love the guy to death, and I'm glad he's doing well, and it's good to hear from him. But when we hear Tom Ryan, as you said, a sphere of influence, who has an influence on a lot of young people. Yes, he does. Wrestling and, coach at OSU, recruits a lot yeah. of kids, uh, speak, does a lot of speaking, right. has a book coming out. 
that, um, you know, what he's overcome, what you've overcome, what I've overcome, what that does is allow people to relate to us mm -hmm. that if we can overcome certain things and more challenges are going to come our way, got news for you. That's just the way it yes, is. It is. Absolutely. Uh, you'll overcome them. And because there's one thing that we try to operate on, and I was thinking about this all, all weekend as I was driving around and seeing people out that you, you cannot, I mean, how miserable would it be to live a life of fear? I mean, it would just be awful. I, I can't understand. I can't understand because I lived a fear of cancer for sure a long did. time and yeah. it had a grip on me, but I just... I don't want to be a slave to that anymore. I don't want that to dictate my decisions. That doesn't mean I don't want to live without responsibility or awareness, but I'm not going to live uh, with fear. And uh, it's just uh, something that when you don't live with that fear, you live a little bit freer. And you, and you don't live with fear of dying. I could die of this. I could die of that. I could die of this. It's interesting. Uh, cancer was... can come. Pneumonia can come. COVID can come. You know, when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. And there's great freedom in that. I was in Matthew this morning. I thought, you know, I need to read the Sermon on the Mount. I need to read the Beatitudes. So I just went and read it. And it's amazing how much Jesus talks in there about, don't live with fear. I got this. You know, I, God will provide. So that's instructive. And uh, as we push now into more normalcy, not mm -hmm. normal, but normalcy, it's good. And it's good to remember that living with fear is not really living. So two things. Number one, when Joe Dumas comes to Columbus... Joe has to sit in with us on the podcast. It'd be great. It'd and be great tell guest. stories about Gary Williams and stories about, you know, whatever. We got to get Joe Dumas on the podcast. You, I'm, he's got a, a great story to tell yeah, he about does. his uh, overcoming so far. I mean, it's a, like we the said battle. before, the last 2,458 days, he's been able to overcome. He's gone through some stuff uh, like we all have and he's got a great story to tell and a relatable story to tell. So, and but you'd have to take him golfing. Could you still do that? That could be arranged. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not this year it hasn't been done yet, but it will be done. <laughs> uh, we want to remind you the Spielman and Hooley podcast is a service of our friends at auiinfo.com in Canton. But, no they're in Akron, I'm sorry. Uh, but AUI Info services small businesses and individuals all throughout the state of Ohio. Small businesses are ramping back up. Thank you very much for that, Governor. We're glad to see that. But now you're a small business owner and you laid everybody off and maybe their health benefits lapsed and now you got to add people. We hope you have to add people because we hope your business picks up. You're going to have health uh, requirements and restrictions and compliance issues and you're going to have a million questions. And oh, by the way, you're trying to get your business back up and running so you can feed your family again. You don't have time to be on the phone and be on hold and be navigating phone menus and what does this mean and what does that mean and, and you can't get through. Ah, You need somebody who can help you through those murky waters and it's auiinfo.com. It's Chrissy. It's the 16 other people who work at AUI Info, a small business themselves. They're there for you. They have extreme integrity and they want to do more and they have educational opportunities at what they extend to you, which they call AUI Info. They're very charitably minded. We love auiinfo.com so check them out on twitter on facebook and on the web auiinfo.com we have uh, mixed messages on uh, football for the fall number one you're doing promos for fox so fox is clearly counting on having nfl football which you and i have counted on all along i think the nfl will find a way to get it done yep. and peter king interviewed dr fauci 
yesterday. And, Sounds like and, Peter and Dr. Fauci are not on board with having NFL fans. Um, I mean, if you read the article, I, I think it's, you know, there's got to be testing. And, and Fauci is, is smart in saying, and I kind of believe this, that we're going to know so much more as we move forward. And I think information and stuff is coming out. Uh, you know, the virus, Dr. Fauci mentioned how it could be dying out soon and when the weather gets warmer and all that stuff, but he's concerned with spread. Well, yeah, everybody's concerned. He says with spread. if Patrick Mahomes tests positive and you put him on the field, it's medical malpractice. Mm-hmm. Those are weighty words. Medical malpractice. He gets mm-hmm. sued for malpractice. Well, maybe there's a rule. If you test positive on Saturday night, you can't play on Sunday. You know, there's going to be more testing available. I don't know if the teams will test once a week or how they'll do it, but, you know, there's going to be risk involved in in everything. So we have to make uh, decisions on what we're going to do. The NFL will have to make it. Each individual will have to make it. Do I, you know, do I take the risk of getting COVID-19 when my chances of survival are 99.95%? Mm-hmm. As a younger, athletic, healthy guy, or do I just stop everything and isolate and live in quarantine? I mean, that's going to be some of the choices that maybe guys will have to make. But eventually, I would think, Bruce, mm-hmm. I don't know what you think about this. And I was talking to some people yesterday. I was actually talking to a physician, and I asked him this question, if if schools, colleges, universities don't open, how many of these universities will go belly up if you don't have people on campus? You yeah, can't charge I, full tuition for online learning. I think I think that's going to be interesting to me is, is what kind of uh, innovations, adjustments, modifications we make to college going forward. I mean, these you know, with three kids coming up into college, I'm very cognizant of what college costs. You've got kids in college. You know what it costs. It's yeah. astronomical compared. I got in and out of Ohio State in four years. So I wasn't a scholarship athlete like some people in the room here. Well, you were two-time state champion. Even though I was not a scholarship athlete for ten grand, I got in and out four years for ten grand. I still remember what my fees were my first year as a freshman. Academic fees my first quarter as a freshman at Ohio State in the fall of 1979, $286. There you go. Full ride student, full uh, load student, full-time student, $286. Room and board in Moral, Immoral Tower, $569. That was... You know, room and board. It was food, everything, three meals a day. $569. So basically... Five seventy and two seventy, eight hundred and sixty bucks a quarter. It went up a little bit while I was there, but I got in and out for ten grand. Ten grand is a third of a year now at Ohio State for an in-state student. Mm-hmm. For an out-of-state student, it doesn't even begin to touch it. So that's my thing. Is like now, if we can learn online, like, do we need to charge? Are people not? Do we need to charge? But are people going to be willing to pay? that and is there going to be a college that'll say you know what we don't have to charge 30 grand a year somebody's going to come up with in an effort to survive because desperation forces adjustment some college is going to come up with here's a a fifty thousand dollar degree you pay 50 grand 
budget it over time. You get your you get your BA, you get your BS. Somebody's going to do that. Yeah, but I mean, how our college is going to generate income? I don't I, know. I, I, if students aren't on campus, I do not know. They're not going to generate income. And our so, college is going to have to get to the point where they offer and all of them offer an online alternative. You want a lot. degree from so and so, then you've got to you can come to campus and get the college experience. Or you can just do the academic work. You can be homeschooled for college. Yeah, and then you think about dorms, right? You're talking about congregate living. What's what's more communal living than do, do, dorms? I, you know, not much. Not so, much. A lot, I mean, an NFL I mean, locker room, maybe. I mean, I, well, I, I think you know. Eventually, we got to make a choice of okay, are we going to just understand that COVID is going to be with us mm -hmm. and go through it, or what are we going to do? Are we going to sit around? And wait for a vaccine. I mean, there's got those decisions have to be made. They're not easy decisions. I get it. I understand that. It's hard, but uh, you have to make some type of decision. Either you press on, or you shut everything down and keep waiting. That's the choice. Here's uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci to Peter King on uh, in Peter's column, which you can find profootballtalk.nbcsports.com. Peter asked him if. Um, football players sweating on each other, tackling each other and all that, uh, spreads the virus. Here's the quote from Fauci. Sweat does not do it. This is a respiratory virus, so it's going to be spread by shedding virus. The problem with virus shedding is that if I have it in my nasal cavity and it sheds and I wipe my hand against my nose, now it's on my hand. Mm -hmm. Then I touch my chest or my thigh. Then it's on my chest or my thigh for at least a few hours. Sweat won't transmit it, but if people are in such close contact as football players are on every single play, that's the perfect setup for spreading. I would think that if there's an infected football player on the field, a middle linebacker, mm -hmm. a tackle, whoever it is, as soon as they hit the next guy, the chances are that they will be shedding virus all over that person. Okay. I have an idea. You know Spray him down with Lysol. After I was going to say, like, you know, you come over the sidelines of hot fall games at the NFL and they have those cooling yeah. fans. Put Lysol behind that. Come off the field. Spread them with something. I mean, or just, you know, decontaminate. Everybody has to go through a, a booth or something after every series. I'm not making light of the seriousness of the virus, although I guess. Nobody I'm is. I'm making. Uh, got to choose. Either you choose to start doing things again or you don't. One of the two. You cancel everything then. Just cancel everything. How did we get to the point? I think the Illinois governor said that this week that we're going to. We're not coming out until there's no threat that anybody gets sick. That was not what I was understanding the about people. That so the health care can catch up so we yeah. can get ramped up and ready. You know, like we're circling the wagons. That was what we were doing. Yeah. Remember in the old days, you'd circle the wagons when the... And we did that. So we circled the wagons. Now As the wagons country. are circled. Yes, we, we definitely it. circled the wagons. Well, then, well, the big buzzwords now are second surge. You know, Which another. we don't know there's going to be a second surge. No. We, we hope there's not a second surge. Uh, Virginia's president. Virginia's one of the states. Governor, or president of university. Virginia, uh, president of the University of Virginia. Um, I would say Virginia is one of the states that is taking a very... Cautious. Uh, well, thank you. Cautious approach to ramping back up. James Ryan, he's the president of Virginia. He was on CBS Face the Nation on Sunday. Uh, and the athletic director at, uh, wait a minute, is James Ryan is the president or is James Ryan? No, James Ryan's not the governor because I know that Ralph Northam is the governor. Uh, he's been in the news for unfortunate reasons. Yeah. 
Carla Williams, AD, and football coach Bronco Mendenhall committed to a safe return to play. Yes, of course they are. Ryan, the president of Virginia, says, we're taking it day by day. We need to have students back on grounds before football can begin. I think that's true. I do not think we'll have college football if we don't have students on campus because football players are, breaking news, students, and you can't tell some students it's not safe to come and tell other students, no, call y'all come on back and make us millions playing college football. That's a bad optic. That's a really bad optic. Bring them back. So you bring them all back, and here's what I was thinking. Like, okay, let's say Ohio State football players come back. You got a a lot of guys live off campus, right? What percentage of guys would you say when you played lived off campus? When the back when I played? 50-50? I think most of the juniors and seniors. Okay. So, yeah. So 50-50. So now these guys can't live off campus because if they live off campus – they're going to be uncontrolled in terms of who they're around. you got to have all these guys around each other, and they can't be around other students, right? Can't be around anybody else. I'm not for that. Well, but, I mean, that's that's how you keep it contained. That's how you keep it. Everybody's non-symptomatic, asymptomatic. Everybody's, you know, healthy. You can't let them go out to Kroger. You can't let them go to dinner. You can't, can't let anything. them. Can't do anything. They got to be like around each other. It's like our families. You know, nobody in my family's sick. We've been around each other, so nobody gets sick. But if you introduce an unknown, maybe somebody could get sick. Yeah. And then you have Justin Fields out for the Oregon game. I mean, that's all possibilities. I just think you got to either learn, make a decision to live with it, or you don't, or you just quarantine everything. I don't see the middle ground when it comes to colleges i was thinking this morning you see a middle ground no i wish we had sports to talk about because i know people listening to the podcast are like okay guys what else well what else is there right now there isn't a lot else right now and i sat in the chair this morning and i thought is there even a plan for baseball is there even a plan for nba because it's going to take a while for him to ramp back up we're talking about six weeks for college football I think they're watching the soccer leagues that are starting to open up bung, whatever that bundalisa or whatever bundesliga bundesliga in the procrastinate uh, there's yeah there's another one Rem, i think Hem, they're remdesivir looking, looking out at uh the south korea as far as baseball goes oh, yeah, and yeah, how baseball. they're doing it and you know i don't know if the fans are going to be a part of it or not but i just i don't you know i I get there could be, you know, fans, if you're there, you have to wear a mask. But either you're playing or you're not playing. Would One you go to a Clipper game right now? Right now. Clippers, all of a sudden, Clippers to, are playing. Would you go to, I wouldn't go you to, to, wouldn't go to a baseball game? I wouldn't go game. to a baseball game, no matter what. <laughs> well, I got I no problem self-quarantining from no, baseball. Fields has been self-quarantining from baseball. <laughs> He's been ahead of the curve. No, I, I forgot your disdain for I baseball. Go, I would go, yeah. I would, I would go. I'd absolutely go if I were a baseball fan. It's easy to distance. I would go, too. I would, I would go. go, too. I'd go to an NBA game. I'd go to a soccer game. I'd go, you know. I would have no compunction about going at all. I don't have, no. I mean, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to live in fear. I, I get that. And, and, you know, I certainly want to be responsible when I go. I'm not going to sneeze on anybody. Or if I don't feel well or if I'm coughing or sneezing, I'm not going to go. I get that I can breathe it on somebody. But somebody can breathe something else on me. You know, I'm just, I'm not going to live like this. I refuse to live like this. I'm not going to do it. All right, tell me about Last Dance last night with Michael Jordan. He's just, uh, 
he said there's a price was his best quote for me that I that I took away from that whole show mm-hmm. was for him there's a price to winning and there's a price to leadership meaning he's not going to please everybody and he's going to do what he has to do to get the win and for me like I said he was the greatest competitor ever to play in sports at least in my lifetime that I had a chance mm-hmm. to witness he was uh he he was a the in a, in a in a that type of athlete, I don't know if that type of athlete exists today because well, he was sure a, it does. You got crazy athletic guys. What do you mean? I'm talking about the mental you know, side. No, the mental of, side. Okay. Well, you said athlete, so I went to the physical uh, side. All right. Well, that type of person, competitor. Yeah. Mean, type of with, competitor with the all the uber talent. Yeah. Everything rolled up into one. Was he perfect? No. Was he as close to the perfect athlete as you would want as a coach? Absolutely, yes, because your best player was your hardest worker. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some cases, but not as dominant as Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan, we, we, arguably the best player in the history of basketball. Mm-hmm. Right? I know we can go back and forth on that, but you can make an argument that Michael Jordan was the best player in the history of basketball. I made the statement, um, Vic Fangio, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, was a defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, and I had sitting there talking with uh, Coach Fangio um, on a Friday before a Bears game, and this was the first year that Khalil Mack was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I said, how was the transition from Khalil Mack coming from the Raiders to the Bears? He said the transition was great because when your best defensive player is your hardest worker, he elevates everybody around him Mm -hmm. just naturally and so that was the closest closest example that i uh, could come up with and khalil mack is a fabulous player every time i watch him play i just enjoy it because he's so good but he's not even on the same planet and relatively speaking to michael jordan as far as how he affects his teammates and affects his game just because the nature of football compared to the nature of uh, basketball and the closeness and the amount of players. And I, people can say what they want about Michael Jordan. The guy is my sports idol. Always has been. Always will be. Okay, but there's another side to life that you have come to learn and advocate for. You had that sign in your locker, win the Super Bowl, nothing else matters. Yeah, it's a waste of time. Okay, so I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a trade here. You can. Would you want? Because Jordan is still thought of as you know alpha. Jordan has not made the impact on the. F- That's a dumb question because I know what you're gonna pick, but you know what I'm saying. Like, would you have wanted to win six titles and have the reputation he has? What's his reputation? I think his, his reputation, reputation is, is that he's a well, he's a. Not a fun guy to play with, not a fun guy to play. Care less. Okay. Could care less. But you wouldn't give up the uh, impact you're making in life and on other people, you know, because I don't think Jordan's making that. You don't know what he's doing. I don't know, but I don't see him him advocating for that. Why does he have to be out there advocating? Well, you know, I'm just saying I don't see it. I'm not saying he's not. I mean, I I, I don't understand that. I I don't. No, I don't. No, I'm no. I'm just thinking. I can connect this to something in the face segment. That's fine. That's my I, race, and it's I, your I, race. I'm, it may not be his race. <laughs> we don't know what his race is. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what his 
Ah, who he's helped, who he's not helped. Maybe he's like uh, uh, the the biblical verse of whatever you do, like do it in secret. Yeah, before somebody gets all exercised. By race, I mean his task, his of job. Of course. His, you know, just in case, you know, you got people who are crazy that, you know, twist everything you say. I don't care. What, I'm done. I'm done with all this. I'm done with, I'm done. I'm done with what people think and I'm done with everything. I'm. You're not done with Hemisphere Coffee. I know no, that. No, but I. I'm not going to apologize for race being his task in life when somebody says, oh, he's so I'm not ta- I'm done right. with that crap. Uh, by Here, the way. Here's my thing with Michael Jordan, Bruce. His impact is his impact. I don't know if that, how many people did he take time. If you watch the documentary, he'd sit there and sign kids' autographs. He'd stop his car in the middle of the road Super. and sign autographs. You know, how many would do that today? Uh not many. Very, very, very few. So I don't know what his impact is. I don't know his heart, and I'm not going to judge his heart. All I know, to me, is my sports, as you idol, okay. he is what I would want to be. Okay, perfect. Now, I, you're you're much better at being the – you're much less judgmental than I am, much less conclusion jumper than I am. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm not being – I'm you not are. being um, – Smart or no? You are. I I said it. You can say yeah, it because no, I said it. Because but but that my thing is, I've learned that if I I don't if I don't know I don't know and I'm not going to judge somebody and say well he should be doing this. It would be just it would be kin to the the person on Twitter who pointed out mm. that me raising forty thousand dollars wasn't enough because I should be doing more. True. It's true. It's a definitely variation. But he doesn't know what my bills are. He doesn't know what my circumstances are. He doesn't know what my situation is. Am I wrong for wishing that Mike Jordan, Tiger Woods, guys like that who could have such, Donald Trump, who could have such a powerful impact if they advocated for Christianity? Am I wrong for wishing that? I don't. I, I just think that God uses people how He sees fit and uses the biggest impact. I don't know what Michael Jordan's faith is. Michael Jordan might not be uh, a strong Christian. I I don't know. As strong is meaning I don't know the man's heart. Strong is meaning maybe he's not comfortable getting on a podcast like Tom Ryan or Chris Spielman or Bruce Hooley. Maybe that's not where he's being used at his utmost. No, I, I mean, obviously, he's not comfortable. I'm just saying yeah. I want him to be comfortable. Because, by oh. the way, with Tom Ryan, I've listened. I prepped for the Tom Ryan interview by listening to him on two podcasts. Mm-hmm. I've listened to the same podcast, not ours. I've listened to that same podcast three times mm-hmm. just because I just find it powerful. Well, here's, here's, And I just wish yeah. my desire is for that kind of power to to land on people and impact them the way it has impacted me and i w- and i just wish that guys who have this much wider platform i i un- do it. i understand what you're saying but all i know is this is that i'm not going to judge what he is or doesn't do and well you should be doing more you should be no. doing more you should be using your platform you should be speaking the gospel from the rooftops uh, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters furnishes coffee for the Spielman and Hooley podcast to get Mr. Spielman's day started on the right foot. They will do the same for you, and they are great people, great, great people doing great things, buying direct from growers. Nicaragua, Indonesia, Thailand, 
That's why their coffee's so good, and it's why their mission is so good, because the people who benefit from doing business directly with Hemisphere do great things in their local communities like plant churches, uh, deliver people from horrible situations like human trafficking and others. So when you support Hemisphere, you're supporting mission work throughout the world and just doing good things for people. Uh, whether you're a Christian or not, I think you can definitely get on board with that. We all love to help the less fortunate, and Hemisphere is doing that. So order online, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. And you can get 15% off using a promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. Or you can donate that back to COVID-19 Relief. We'll draw four names Friday for $250 each. I saw the emails coming back to Carrie. Yeah, we're all good. From all people set. who were, we're very paid. appreciative of the COVID-19 Relief. All paid for uh, last week. Fantastic. Moving on next week. Was Paul a physical presence, dominant physical presence? Paul, no, he's a, I think the, the general consensus is the Apostle Paul was a little guy, a right. wiry little guy. Yeah. And he wasn't a great orator. Great writer. Great, great, no, great cheerleader, too. Yeah. Stone Stephen, stone him. Yeah. You know, leading the charge. Yeah. So my point was, Paul wasn't a physically intimidating man. Right. By his own admission, he wasn't a great orator right but god elevated him and used him Mm -hmm. so god is going to use who he thinks he needs to use to put into the public arena to spread the word or spread his gospel or or whatever it may be to its finest maybe michael jordan isn't prepared or isn't at a place in his faith journey this is all pure speculation of course yeah where god says okay you get ready to go. Okay, for me, for example, the last thing I wanted to do, and you didn't, you only knew me a little bit when I was young and mm-hmm. in college. I hated the press. I hated talking. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do it. I, I didn't talk about my faith. I didn't talk about my growth and my growth in uh, my marriage to Stephanie and our faith journey and growth together. Mm-hmm. Didn't talk about it. Okay. I wasn't ready to talk about it. I didn't. I don't want to be in a position like. Quite frankly, I don't want to sit here. This is not what I want to do. I don't want to be on a podcast. I don't want to be on TV. I don't. Everything that I do is not what I envisioned myself doing. So why do you do it? But because my journey is taking me there. My journey to the eh, podcast. I think is, you're leaving oh, out the answer. I'm, I'm not finished answering it. There's a couple different answers to this. Okay, here's why I do the podcast. One, I enjoy you. Except for today. <laughs> no, I do. You're you're very annoying at times. You're you're you are, but I'm annoying to you, so we get it. No, you really aren't. Yeah, well, you're annoying to me. But anyway, that's I know okay. that. <laughs> I, I think from this standpoint, Bruce, here's why I do TV. I do TV because it keeps me in the football. It's competitive. Mm-hmm. So that's why I do TV. I wanted to do coaching. I desired in all my heart to be a coach. I desired all my heart to be a phys ed teacher and a coach just like my dad. But I can't do that because I had to make choices in life and there was new opportunities. So TV gives me the opportunity still to be a part of a team, still be around the game that I love. Part of the team being my production team and being around football, I'm still around it. I do the podcast because I do believe that God has given me a platform I've expanded and tried to work on how I can be the best at this type of platform, whether it's talking, mixing sports in religion or faith or whatever it may be. My life experiences, 
I've recognized my life experiences can help other people with their life experiences. So I've been given a platform. I recognize that platform. I believe God has trained me through my life experiences, and it's okay, and I'm comfortable. I am personally comfortable for me to share it. That's why I do this. I do TV for money because I have to earn a living. I do speaking for a living because I have to earn money. That's just the way it is. And so I do those things, even though I never envisioned myself doing them. I enjoy it, but it's not my passion in my life. But I do it because, first of all, it's I'm decent at it. Not great, but I'm decent enough to make a living, good enough to make a living at it. But also is because... Everything that I've experienced in my life, from where I would, where I grew up, how I grew up, the experiences of, of being in a locker room since I was four, has trained me for these particular moments, like today, where I'm sitting here on a podcast with you in a basement in Plain City, Ohio, or I'm sitting in a in a beautiful eighty thousand new stadium in in Los Angeles one in a couple weeks. I agree with all that, but here's what you're leaving out of the equation. This is why I have a problem when, not a problem, but this is why my desire is for someone who has a ginormous platform, they're a sports icon, an entertainment icon, a political icon. This is why I have a disconnect with why they don't make the same kind of recognitions that you've made and connected and Tom Ryan has made and connected and then espouse the faith. You had all along the choice to say, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not comfortable public speaking. I'm not comfortable going public with cancer. I'm not, I don't want, I want to curl up in a little ball and I want to do my thing and I want to take the money that I have and I don't want to give it away and I want to keep my rings. You've had your I, me, mine removed. So you've made, you've said before, Tom Ryan said it on Friday's podcast. The most precious gift we have is choice. We have the choice to say yes or say no. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. He doesn't say, I get to the door, and if it's locked, I'm kicking it in. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say that, and he doesn't do that. And that's why, for me, you undervalue the choice you've made, the submission you've made. And I want others to come to thee because I see what you've done. I know what you and Steph have done. I see the impact you're making. I see the impact Kurt Warner makes. I see the impact Tebow makes. It's powerful, and that's why I want it, because I it's life-transforming to me and to so many people that I know, and that's why I believe it can be life-transforming to so many people that yeah. those icons can reach that we can't reach. That, 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 that's true, and I, I do think, though, that um, that choice is something that each individual has to feel comfortable with because if they're not comfortable with it, then it comes across as disingenuous. Genuous. No, I want it. It's got to be authentic. Yeah, it's got to be. Like if President Trump. But think uh, of the power that would have if his entire demeanor would change and humility would be the word that I heard him say the other day. Well, you know, when the press is mean to me, like I got to fire back because I'm not thinking. No, you don't. I think there's a more tactful way of much more of doing it, but I don't think that's his personality. It, it is where he is. He is who he is, just like Michael Jordan is where he is, and he is who he is. I don't think there's a mistake. Again, I don't know what Michael Jordan does. Tiger Woods had that <clears throat> foundation uh, that he had, the Tiger Woods Foundation or, or first, whatever it is, first T or whatever mm-hmm. organization it is. You Helping or choosing to give it away, 
that's a choice. That's something that we and Michael and Tiger and Chris Spielman and Bruce Hooley, I believe we're going to have to answer for one day. We are going to have to answer for. So, but I don't. I don't. Michael Jordan doesn't have to answer to you. He doesn't have to answer to me. But I want him to get the answer right. He doesn't have to get the answer right for me. I don't want him to get the answer wrong. You don't know. I don't want him to be in the I never knew you. I don't want anybody to. Nor do I. Okay, so but with so the the point is that's not not a choice. Like um, one of the things that frustrates me more than anything in the faith journey is this: when I talk to folks and they don't mean it this way, but it's I I I gently correct them. And I said this on this podcast before. Well, you know, I led this person to Christ. I led this person hmm. to Christ. You don't lead anybody. No, dude. you don't do. You know, you expose it. Yeah, you plant a seed. You don't lead anybody. Michael Jordan isn't leading anybody to Christ. That's God, God's going to use who He's going to use. There were probably more powerful warriors. Look at the the perfect example would be the original twelve, right? Yep. I mean, I'm a tax collector. I know Some twelve f- guys in a boat. Yeah, twelve guys. I mean, come on, and and guys that were making mistakes. And so maybe God doesn't have that in Michael's plans. Maybe, hey, Michael. Maybe Michael does all his giving or charitable things or talking or whatever he does. Maybe he does it in private. I don't I'm sure know. He does, but I'm just saying. I'm not sure he does. I don't okay. know what he does. Well, here's you. You would agree with me that you have to do it. No matter what you do, it has to be done for the right reason for it to have, um, for it to meet the standard and not put you in a category where. People say, you know, I read it this morning. I did this in your name. I did that in your name. And you say, and then Jesus says, I never knew you. Because mm-hmm. it has to be done with the right mindset. It can't be done for a tax write-off. It can't be done for, it has to be done for Jesus. It has to be done yeah. with the right mindset. You, so that, do, yeah. you do acknowledge that. Yeah, because that. that's something I struggle with. I mean, I got to sit there and, and promote good works that I'm doing in order to get the good work done. Yeah. So that, you know, those are two two opposite <laughs> ideas coming together and colliding i hate doing that but i have to do it i have to do it so i here's my judge is it i look i know my heart i know what my intention is if i'm completely intellectually honest with myself and before i make any of those decisions on what i do and not do i ask myself you better answer honestly i I do the old look in the mirror thing and ask myself and what's your intention here yeah is your intention to make yourself look good is your intention to get a tax write-off or is your intention to genuinely help and then I struggled with, and I talked about this on the show when a guy, I mean, because people think, oh, what a great thing he's doing, giving up these rings. I don't want praise for that. That's not the intention. The intention is, here's some rings sitting on my mantle that means something, but, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over not having them. What's important to me is not important to some other people, but that doesn't make mine more important. Right. I don't even know if that even made sense, made sense. but, but right. that's how I look at it. Yeah. Well, you were obedient to a tug on your heart to do something, and it was something that had a an emotional cost to you. It's like, yeah, we'd all love to keep that kind of stuff. Sure. So, I mean, that's what I that's what I love is you're open to the emotional tug. Uh, we hope you will keep in mind our friends at Willis Spangler Starling, attorneys in Hilliard on Truman Boulevard, easy to find online, willisattorneys.com. They're a full-service law firm. So if you have uh, any kind of issue, you know, particularly you're injured in an accident, but they also do 
uh, estates and they do everything that you need a law firm for. It's a great time in life if you are uh, married, having young children. Get an attorney that knows you have a personal relationship with them, and the attorneys at Willis Spangler Starling are great people, very trustworthy people. Uh, they will do the right things. Um, as in any profession, uh, there are those who don't do it right. They're bad cops or bad journalists or bad everything. Willis Spangler Starling, top of the list in terms of integrity and character. So look for them online, willisattorneys.com. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Why... And I just, I think I know the answer, but why is it so important to you to think that everybody has to evangelize? Because my number one purpose in life is that everyone understand the gravity of making okay. a personal decision. Is Jesus real or is Jesus not real? Right. And if you're, and that's going to decide your eternal destiny. Okay. And I don't want you to end up on the wrong side of that decision. And many people will coast into torment because they'll be like, wait a minute, I gave to charity. Wait a minute, I went to church. Wait a minute, I did this and I did this and I was a good... The whole good person thing, the good person thing is a is Satan's number one tool. Right. That's why it's important to me. I don't want to see Michael Jordan or anyone like Michael Jordan or... And I don't mean to personalize it, but it's, you got to mention a name so people right. kind of get an image in their mind. I don't want to see a person... You, one, of, one of my scriptures that haunts me because I feel like I've been given much, is to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm -hmm. For most of my life, I was given much, and I did nothing with it, nothing of eternal value with it. It is, it, it torments me, but I know that you mentioned the word training earlier, and I did a message yesterday on Facebook Live about it. I view my screw-ups as my training. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Moses wondered, what am I doing in Midian for 40 years? Get me out of here. Like, I can uh, I can serve you somewhere. Forty years was training. It was training for leading the children of Israel through the desert for 40 years. So I have that passion that people not – I'm Mickey Mantle. Remember Mickey Mantle's press conference when he was ready to die of alcoholism? He came out, kids, don't be like me. That's what I want people to know. Don't be like me. Don't waste time. Here's how I've – been able to reconcile that with me. This maybe will help you or not. I mean, I get where your intention is, and I get that you see all these wonderful people with this platform, and I think you look at them and say, what could Bruce Hooley do if I had that platform? Is that fair? Yes, it is. It's 100% fair. And I'm not envious of what they have. No, I just think... <clears throat> it, it, this is a fine line that you're walking. This is my, just my, you know, you. This is two guys in the basement having talking, a yeah. very serious conversation. So I think you look at Michael Jordan and say, if I, not in an envious way, but almost like, if I had that platform, how many people could I help? Not because I, I don't think you think that you bring people to Christ. No. no. How many but people's lives could how, I change? How, if if I had that platform and people adored me like they adored Michael Jordan, what could I do with, what could God do through me? How many orphanages could right. I build? Yeah, I how mean, many people could I save from human right. trafficking? How many, I mean, just, so wow. So you're fighting a battle internally that you're not going to win. You're not going to win that because what happens is, and I'm guilty of this, 
And when I'm saying this, I'm talking to myself off also. Mm. You have a tendency to keep score. I have a tendency to keep score. I really do. That's a good thing. That's a bad thing. We do that. It's just our, well, when we acknowledge our screw-ups, we're basically keeping score. right? We know we're forgiven, all that, but yep. being who we are, we keep score. And you're saying if I had that opportunity, I would score a lot of points. Not 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 as far as wins or victories, but you know, if 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 Michael only knew what I knew, if Michael only felt the pain of disappointment and letdown and I felt like I let God down, like I've I've felt before, if he only knew, then he would take all his wonderful gifts and throw it in the, the ministry. That's what he would do. And I would say this. I would say when I get like that, and I do, Bruce, I do. When I get like that, I say, you know what? God has a plan, and he is using each individual how he sees fit to use each individual. And I completely trust that. You are where you are because this is where exactly you are supposed to be. He might have said up there in his grand design plan that I put Bruce Hooley doing Facebook Live Sunday morning services during a quarantine to touch one particular person. And that's my job for Bruce Hooley because that's what I want Bruce to do. Bruce isn't going to be a minister to tens of millions of people. That's not what I'm using Bruce for. And when we come to that realization, some of that angst that you have, because I know you only want great for everybody. You want everybody to hear the word of God and you want them to choose God and to choose faith and to choose Jesus and understand the, the concept that we all fall short of the glory of God. I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes through the Father except me. You want everybody to do that. But it's not going to happen because of free will. Everybody's not going to win. I understand it. It's God's glory. God wants everybody to win, but I don't think everybody's going to win. So I guess my thing is that there's there's got to be, there's peace in contentment. And I'm not saying become complacent. There's nope. a difference in definitions between content and complacent. You have to learn how to have some type of peace and contentment. And I think you struggle with that. Well, I have struggled with it. In your assessment of me, I think you were dead on up until about two years ago. And I think the difference for me is I used to grade it. My my disappointment used to be, look at that guy. He's got all that money and he's not doing anything. Now my disappointment is, why did it take you so long, Bruce? Now my disappointment is more direct. It's it's not directed outward. I have a, I have a wish and a desire. Yeah, it'd be great. I want that person to come to Christ, whatever. But now my wish and desire is, am I, am I competing? Am I competing for the right things? Am I maximizing? It's all, it's, it's all personal for me now. It's good. It's personal. You know, I've asked myself many times, like, I think I'm fairly talented at some things. Very talented. When we wrote this, I thought Chris and Stephanie Spielman story is going to sell like crazy. It's going to be made into a full-length motion picture, and it's going to change lives. I didn't think about it like 
it's going to make me like wildly wealthy. Right. I thought this is going to change lives when people read this story outside the state of Ohio. When they see this transformation in Chris, when they see this remarkable woman, when they see this amazing family, lives are going to change in the world. Lives are going to change. It's going to be translated into other languages. It's going to be shown in Europe. <laughs> I mean, I I was like, this is amazing, and and it hasn't happened. I and I never thought it would. Well, I did think it was going to, and it hasn't happened. And so I've many times struggled, like Lord, what is going on? Like these trashy crappy movies get made and we've had conversations with robert zemeckis and scarlett johansson and uh legendary studios that makes billion dollar movies and they all love it they love the story disney oh i love the story nobody steps forward with the lord what is up like when i wrote this chris i didn't write it i typed it Mm -hmm. god wrote it I go back and I read it and I'm like, I'm not that, I'm not that good. Like I can't, I can't write that. Remember the chapter I wrote about how you and Steph fell in love and you're like, we never talked about this. And I'm like, I know. I just kind of figured that's how it was. And you said, well, don't change a word of it. You nailed it. That was God. Mm -hmm. It wasn't you or me. So I've thought, why, why is this just like, why did (laughs) Zondervan not even get this book in Kroger? Like, in Kroger during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, where we just sold tons of these. They had one copy in every Kroger. I mean, the promotion of it was horrible, everything. And I'm like, why, God? Why? And the explanation that came back to me always was, maybe you couldn't have handled it. Maybe Chris couldn't have handled it. Wow. I'll use it when I use it. I'll use it how I use it. And you exactly. let me you let me use it. And I've reached complete peace with that. Perfect. I've reached complete peace with that. Because the people who've read it have been impacted by it. And like you say, I get out of bed in the morning, and there are mornings like I think, nope, Chris is coming. i got to do the podcast today. And I don't think, what are we going to talk about? You know, like, there's no sports to talk about. And when I start to stress about it, I think, hey, you get the chance to share the gospel today with a 1,000 people. Is that good enough for you? Yeah. You're not getting any sponsors on the show. For a year, we didn't have any sponsors. And every time I'd think that, God would go, Hey, you get to share the gospel with a thousand people. Is that good enough for you? And I'm like, yes, that's good enough for me. That's definitely good enough for me. What a privilege it is. So hopefully in all that, um, I, I know that, that makes some sense you know, about my mindset. Here's the thing. I, I hope none of that was like financially motivated. What? Like getting a movie and that's it wasn't. A- it was like, I mean, I, I knew you, you confided in me while Steph was going through stuff. I read the book, and I, I remember, like, thinking, we'd interview before the show every day at the fan. Oh, no. We'd meet for an hour, and we'd just talk. It's brutal. Brutal writing. It was brutal going through that because I remember that was the at day, the end of I remember the day you came in. I'll never forget this. I remember the Jimmy. I was sitting in Jimmy Power's office. And at that time, you know, you called me after the cruise, and you said, "What's what are the symptoms of vertigo? Hmm. I and I, that. and yeah. I told you, and you had told me on the cruise, something's up with Steph. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's great. <laughs> and you're like, I know something's up. Mm-hmm. Then I got back and you called me and asked me about vertigo. Mm-hmm. And the next interaction we had was I was sitting in Jimmy's office and you walked in and I just, I knew, I just knew. 
and you said it's in her brain and it's in her spine. Mm-hmm. And I knew what that meant. And I said, what can I do? And you said, let's start the book tomorrow. And that was therapeutic for you to sit and talk. Never was my motivation. Like, well, we're going to make a crap ton of money yeah. on this. My motivation <laughs> was, what can I do for Chris? And then when I started to write it, I'm like, Lord, this story is so powerful. Yeah. Just help me to get it right. Uh-huh. Just help me to get it and right so it can make people's lives, so it can help people who are walking through it and all that. The But... So when I talked about, like, I wanted it to be made into a movie, I wanted it to sell a million yeah. copies, it was because I knew what kind of impact it could have on people. And that's kind of the comparable to our conversation about Michael Jordan is, I just want that impact. Yeah. <laughs> I want that impact. I don't want to have to, I, I, I really don't care how you spend your money. That's... But I want it to have that impact, and, and I want it to have that impact on Michael Jordan. Yeah, I, I get I, I want him to have the, that transformation you had from the first chapter of this book where you're in a locker room in Indianapolis and you're sniffing smelling salts and it was football, 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 football uh, to the guy at the end of this book. I want that for Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. That's See, that's where I, I still think that you've come a long way from that. But I also think for me, the perspective that I have What's going, what's going to be is going to be. Yep. I'm going to do my part, but I am not going to worry about the result because I can't control the result. I can't control how people would <clears throat> respond to that. Uh, I can know and I can see the impact because when I go speak and if I share part of that story, I know the impact that it has on people. But the one piece that I've learned to have, and this is because um, in dealing with trying to outwork everything your whole life and you find an opponent that you'll never beat, you'll never beat it, you can't outwork it, you can't out anything it, I've learned, and I have great peace with this, that what's going to be is going to be. What God has in store, God has in store. That's why... Um, I can say with complete confidence, this too will pass. That doesn't mean I don't go through frustrations. like, But that's why I have complete confidence in saying from my perspective that you know we have to live. And that allows you to live without fear. That's not not taking responsibility. It's just like I'm not going to control the impact. I'm not going to control the outcome. I'm not going to control how God is going to use a book. I'm not going to control that. I don't know what, what God's going to do or not do. I just know how I'm going to try to live my life every single day and not worry constantly about the result. I'm done with the results. Yeah. I'm not concerned with the results. I'm concerned about the effort. That's it. My effort, your effort, I'm concerned about the effort. I could care less about results. Results have zero impact on me. I don't worry about them. I don't care about them, not interested in them. I'm worrying about what I can do and my effort because that is the only thing that I can control. Yeah, and that's where I've gotten spiritually is I start with me and end with me. That's you it. Know, I, that, well, when you asked me to send Noah a text or a short video advice. Of marriage. For, advice for his marriage. I told Noah, I said, Noah, you got to be like J.R. Smith. You got to forget the score. <laughs> I said, you, you'll be a, I, I became a much better husband 
when I stop looking at the scoreboard. <laughs> That's so true. You know, like, hey, uh, so you true. haven't done this for me lately, and you haven't done oh. this, and uh, this is not done, and that's not done, and then, 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 keeping score. There's a lesson in J.R. Smith for getting the score at the end of the game, yeah. and it was rotten for the Cavs in the NBA Finals. If you want to be a good husband and you want to be a good pretty much anything, employee, teammate, leader, you got to forget the score. Yeah. You got to forget Just, the it's score. It's the effort, but don't forget the effort. The effort's everything. That's a, it's that's the mindset, all, it's, it's the, the heart, effort. the heart. Yeah, and and we don't know everybody's effort or everybody's mindset, and so that's why I'm not worried about the result because I have no impact on the result. Yeah, I Can't don't control it. God's got the results. God knows what the score is. God knows the plan and what He's doing and how He's doing it. I'm not going to question it. I'm done saying why God, why raising my fist to the heavens in anger, why. I'm not going to wrestle like Jacob wrestled all night, or I think it was Jacob. It was I'm, Jacob. I'm not going to sit there and wrestle you all night. I'm done. Yeah. I, I mean, you've wrestled a lot. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I fought. You retired and from wrestling. The, you know, the, the, the coolest thing, and this is very important, and you can lead to your face segment, our face segment, you can start today, but this is the, the one of the coolest things um, that I've. Uh, learned is that and i forgot it because i got all excited because about i remembered it was jacob who was wrestling i'll think about it okay mine go my, i'm sorry i forgot about right. it it's it's, it's It'll so come back cool that I, my faith uh, segment yesterday was about uh the first scripture that really resonated with me when i um was young was a scripture from paul run your race to win run your race to win that spoke to me as a kid who really wanted to be a good athlete and I find it interesting now that it was not run the race to win. It was run your race to win. Mm. And everybody has their race. We've talked about that today. You know, Tom Ryan has his race. You had yours. I have mine. Everybody has their race to run. And Michael I, Jordan I, has his. Michael Jordan has his. And I, I find it interesting that, you know, these marathons, you see these marathons and thousands of people run, thousands run. Well, how many of them start? When the gun goes off, how many of them think they're going to win the race? Maybe 10. Mm-hmm. But everybody in there is running. That's great to finish their race, and it's all about what they're what are they trying to do? They're trying to run a personal record. They're trying to do the best they've ever done, and that's motivating to me as a Christian today. Is today's I'm running my race, and I'm trying to set a personal record in service. Love it. So I did remember the point. I knew you would. It's about have an honest relationship with God. You're not going to lie to Him. Mm -hmm. Too smart you know? for that. So I, when I say I sit there and wrestled or fought or tried to argue my points, but that's the whole thing of the personal relationship thing that Christianity has is that, you know, I feel comfortable and say, what are you doing here? I mean, seriously, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And it's not questioning who God is or God's authority or God's love. It's just like, explain to me. And be honest with me. Mm -hmm. And why? I mean, stop, stop, just stop. <laughs> you know but it, but one of the most beautiful things about Christianity is that personal relationship that allows honesty. At least that's been my yes experience. So I want to share this. And I just, this is something simple and it's not a Bible verse, but it, it really resonated because it's snippy. 
or pithy, excuse me, not snippy. Okay. Worried looks around, regret looks back, faith looks forward. So I thought that was really cool. It is cool. I'm, 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 Say I'm, it again. I'm, worry Worried. looks around, regret looks back, faith looks forward. Now that doesn't mean you hide in ignorance, but I'm, I'm, I have such, I have such a complete peace that I want people to have. And I think that's what you're striving for and what I'm striving for. But I can't worry if they don't have it yet that it starts affecting me. Yes. Regret? Of I used to look back on my regrets and mistakes all the time. There's so many things in my life that I wish I had better, made better choices, better decisions in every aspect of my life. Me Everything. Me I mean, there's so many times. But I'm, not, I'm done looking back at that. I'm done. I'm done beating myself up. As my good friend told me, hey, Chris, you selfish SOB. Stop nailing Jesus to the cross a thousand times. Apparently him dying once wasn't enough for you. Just keep driving another nail through him. Graphically put, but on but, the money. But for me, yeah, that resonated. It, absolutely. It was effective. It resonated. And who am I to not accept forgiveness and grace? Faith looks forward. I'm looking forward. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done living with the regrets and mistakes that I've made. I'm done looking around at me and living in a constant state of worry. I'm faith and looking forward and doing the best I can and praying for the best outcome that I can and understanding with complete 100% confidence that God's in control. I'm not. Great words to remember. We appreciate you guys joining us on a Monday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Uh, believe me, we want sports too, so we can get back to that on the first half of the podcast. But I thought today was interesting. It was the kind of conversations you and I have a lot. Well, it's Usually honest. don't let people listen in, but uh, I hope uh, it was meaningful to people. I hope they see uh, see benefit to well, it. Well, if it wasn't, not we're really worried we'll be about back it. Wednesday. <laughs> Sorry. We'll try again on Wednesday. Do better the next time. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.